0: If you've been listening to AS for a while, you know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. Welcome to AS a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda hernandez Jaimez, and this is Ellas. Hola, welcome back to Ellas. I'm your host, Brenda hernandez Jaimez. Today, I want to share a recent goal I achieved. As listeners and supporters of AGAS, I thought it would be nice to share this win with you as a bonus episode. So, I'm happy to share that I was invited to be a panel speaker for the Mujeres, Cultura y Pasión virtual panel, hosted by Chicana Inc. and moderated by Estrella Cerrato from the podcast Cafecito con Estreguita. When I started AS back in March of 2019, my goal has always been to amplify the voices and stories of the Latina women of our communities. It has always been very important to me to cultivate the space I created to provide representation to our communities. But I never really thought or saw my voice is also meant to be part of that mission. But with each conversation... And the most recent panel that I've done, I now know that my voice, story, and journey are just as important. So it was very empowering to share my experience of producing AS and my career journey that day. And I want to say to you, if you feel passionate for a cause, please do not forget that your voice and experience matter as well. You know, it is the fuel and the reason as to why you're doing the work. And you never know how your voice will transform someone's life. I know the stories that I've shared here on AS have definitely impacted my life for the better. It has impacted in the way that I am now fully embracing my own journey and what I have to share to the world. So it was an honor that my first panel be organized by two amazing Latinas like Estrellita Cerrato and Domenica Escatel, and to share the virtual stage with other inspiring mujeres, like my dear amiga Mel Batellas from Mujeres on the Rise, Karina Nava from Karina Nava Nutrition, Diana Pinedo from Misinformed Latina, and Viviana Maldonado from The Jefa Life. So this panel really reflects my mission with ellas. And the goal that Estrellita and Domenica had was to bring together a group of mujeres to share inspiring stories about balancing priorities, the importance of supporting one another, and the meaning of success. Themes and topics that I talk with other amazing Latinas here on AES. So for this panel, there were three sessions. You know, the first session covers Diana Pinedo and Viviana Maldonado. So in the second session, it's... Mel Bateyes, Karina Maldonado, and me, as for the third session, Domenica and Estrellita and the panel with a series of questions. As I've said before, this panel continues with my mission and my work with A.S. I will forever be honored to to have been part of this. It, It just continues my work of amplifying and uplifting Latina voices to inspire you to continue paving your path. So without further ado... If you want to feel inspired, I highly encourage you to listen to today's bonus episode of the panel, or if you prefer to watch it, I have the link to the video on YouTube. Yes, it's on the show notes. You can click it and you can watch. So I'll see you in the next inspiring conversation. Hasta luego.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Domenica Escatel. I am the founder of this amazing community, Chicana Inc., and today we are here for Mujeres Cultura y Pasión. I have a stellar lineup of influencers, Latina leaders, and so we're going to go ahead and get started because we have a jam packed hour. So I'm going to bring on my co-host, Estrellita. She is a grad, current graduate student um, at Stanislaus State University. She is the host of Cafecito con Estrellita, and she's just an upcoming amazing leader here local in Riverbank, California. So let's bring her on.
2: All right. Hola, mi gente. Welcome to Mujeres Cultura y Pasión virtual panel. I want to start off with saying I am honestly so honored to be co-hosting alongside with Dominica and just being able to have the opportunity to work and network with other amazing mujeres that I am so happy to present for this panel. Now, before I officially state who these mujeres are, I need to share the background objective of this panel. So the panel, Mujeres Cultura y Pasión, is focused on uplifting women to embrace their gifts as natural-born leaders through education, experiences, and inspiring stories. And once again, this panel would not be possible if it wasn't for all of us coming together and inspiring one another for the better. Now, these five mujeres, once again, I'm so honored to present because not only have they inspired and impacted my life in such a positive way, they have also inspired and impacted the lives of so many other mujeres, and I'm just ready for all of you to meet them. So we are first starting off with Viviana Maldonado, the creator of The Jefa Life. Next, we have Diana Pinero, a Latina entrepreneur CEO and founder of Misinformed Latina and the podcast host of Bessie, Bessie Bam Bambam. Next, we have Karina Nava, a registered dietitian and founder of Karina Nava Nutrition. Next, we have Brenda Hernandez-Jaimes, the founder and host of Aya's The Podcast. And lastly, we have Melba Tellez, the founder of Mujeres on the Rise and a marketer at Amazon. Mujeres, mi gente, I am so honored to have all of you here. And once again, mi gente, this panel is going to be going on from 6 p.m. all the way to 7, 10 p.m. So we're going to go ahead and start with our 6 p.m. group. But right after, we will transition into our 6.30 p.m. group. And lastly, if you do stick around for the 7.10 p.m. group, me and Dominica have that scheduled as a bonus round where her and I will be throwing back each other some questions so all of you can get to know us a little better as hosts. And you can also feel free to ask questions in the live chat during that bonus round. And all right, mi gente, let's go ahead and get started with our 6 p.m. group. All right, perfect. So my amazing 6 p.m. group of mujeres, um, I already went ahead and gave you the spotlight, but I want to go ahead and ask that you talk a little bit more of what it is that you do with your platforms and whatnot.
3: I'll go ahead and go. I'm Viviana Maldonado. I'm the creator of the HEPA Life. The HEPA Life is a career blog for Latinas. I created it to inspire women to take control of their careers, hence the HEPA Life. And really what inspired me is knowing that, and I want other people to know that you don't have to be a manager, you don't have to be the CEO, you don't have to be the VP to take control of your career or to be successful. So this blog is really going to provide resources in the form of stories. So I want to feature Latina women and talk a little bit about what they've done in the past and hopefully we can all learn from one another. And currently, I live in Los Angeles, California. I work for one of the largest freight railroads in the United States, so I'm part of their law department, and I'm part of their, one of their investigative teams. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. I'm super honored to be here and share the stage with everybody else.
2: Thank you so much, Viviana. Now let's all make sure we have our mics turned off, and we will be transitioning into Vienna, misinformed Latina.
4: Hi there. Excited to be sharing the stage with you, Viviana and Estrella. My name is Diana Pinedo. I am the and creator of Misinformed Latina and the producer and host of the Bestie Bestie Bon Bon podcast. I created my online platform really dedicated to young Latinas and disenfranchised communities of color to really focus on what I consider the three adult life pillars that 's career finances and health um, to really become more informed about those particular pillars because when I graduated back in two thousand and nine, I navigated my adult life so blindly as a first gen and daughter of immigrants um, as well as my own basic uh, you know, education that I got, I didn't really become informed about these really important and necessary topics that are really vital to your adult life. Um, And so uh, through my own struggles and my own poor choice making and my own poor management, I thought, wow, if I feel this way, I I'm assuming others do too, how can I ensure that we inform young Latinas about career finances and health so that they make much better decisions to live a prosperous and purposeful life? Um, as an extension to misinform Latina, I created a Selena-inspired podcast, The Bestie Bestie Bonbon, bon, after one of her infamous songs, The Beatty Beatty bon, bon with my best friend, Elvia. We invite expert women of color uh, to share the mic with us, and so they can really share their experience, um, their expertise, their resources, and their tools on all things career, finances, and health. Um, and my goal is really to just level us up, inform more of, a, of us, so that we really, you know, live the life that we've always wanted with smart choices, um, and I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I feel so honored to share the stage amongst all of these incredible women um, and to have been invited uh, by Dominica and Estrella to join this panel. So excited to be here and, and, and to talk with all of you.
2: And I appreciate your response so much, Diana, as well as you, Viviana. Now, once again, let's make sure our mics are off so we can transition into the question, my friends. So, with the with your answers, it definitely shows that your content is focused on uplifting mujeres, whether it's through the career path or even with health, finances, and whatnot. So, I want to go ahead and start off with the question with Viviana to then transition to Diana. How would you define success as a mujer?
3: Good question. So first and foremost, success is personal, hands down. And don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. You know, success to me is being true to who you are. So in all aspects of your life. So it's not a title. It doesn't have a dollar sign in front of it, nor does it involve any kind of brand names. If you're living a life aligned with your values and your core beliefs, then I would say that you're pretty darn successful.
4: Um, I would say that success is living life on your own terms um, and showing up as your authentic self. I think for so long, I didn't deem myself successful because I wasn't able to fully embrace my own strengths. And I lived in a lot of self-doubt. And honestly, I find myself, although I'm probably not where I want to be, monetarily or with the title, and I don't know if I will ever get there, and that's okay. I feel like I've definitely hit one of my success goals and just letting go of self-doubt. I find that to be really successful. We hang out to self-doubt, and we let that really paralyze us from living the life that we want, pursuing the dreams, pursuing the goals, and so I think success is living life on your own terms, showing up authentically, and letting go of any self-doubt that we may have
2: beautifully, beautifully said by both of you. Again, the reason why I invited you on this panel, I love the way you respond and just how your answers have what we need as Mujeres to feel uplifted. Now, I want to go ahead and transition into a topic that I find very important and I know other Mujeres do. So because you both are also very focused on careers and just growing as a Mujeres, I know you are aware that there are mujeres that try and juggle nine-to-fives as well as their platforms, and based on your expertise, you definitely do know how that feels. So this will definitely be a two-part question, and I will start off with Diana to then transition into Viviana. It is rarely talked about how mujeres can handle and see how self-care and success can be intertwined. So what are your thoughts on that statement, that question? Once again, let's start off with you, Diana, and we'll switch on to Viviana.
4: So I recently just posted um, that there's no such thing as work-life balance, and I really believe that. There's only compromise and sacrifice. I think a lot of our panelists here, including myself, have a nine to five, and we all have these other dream hustles that we're doing, right? And so it is a lot of juggling, and it's also a lot of sacrificing and compromise, and I think it's about what is the priority for that day or that time, um, and let me focus on that, and maybe that I'm not able to get to that other thing that I find really important. And it's like letting go of that guilt. The reality is women have been working and working what they call the day shift and then the second shift for centuries, right? Because a lot of us were working outside the homes and then coming back and working in the homes. And I say this, whether you are a mother and actually caring for kids and a family, or you come home and still have to clean and cook, right? We've always sort of been given these two shifts. And and I think that it's just so important that we prioritize self-care above all, because if we don't, then we can't show up for all these places, right? Um, we can't give to our nine to five. We can't give to our, our dreams and our hustles and our hobbies and our passions. We can't give to our partners and our friends and our family if we don't first give to ourselves. So my best advice and what I've learned for myself is that every day is like, I need to make, what am I willing to compromise and sacrifice um, and making sure that it doesn't include a lot of my self-care. Um, so as long as I'm putting myself first so that I can show up 100% me, give my all to all the things that I do, um, even if it's not every day, because you just can't, you're just one person. Uh, I think that that's how we're able to sort of balance the two and give to both. But it's extremely vital that we take care of ourselves first in order for us to take care of everything else around us.
3: Great answer, and I agree with you. It's really all about prioritizing, and I have a really unique situation because in addition to my nine-to-five, I'm also on call, so I'm a first responder, meaning I could be sleeping in bed at 3 three a.m. in Los Angeles, California, and by 5 a.m., I'm in the middle of the California desert responding to an incident, so it is really on a daily basis. It's prioritizing. It's how You know, how am I going to take care of myself first and foremost? If I can't post that day, if I can't interview or I can't make it somewhere, that so be it, right? Because it really is all about prioritizing your needs because without self-care, you will not be successful. You just, you won't. You might have that title. You might have that money. But if you're not taking care of yourself, then what's the point? So I completely agree with you. It's all about prioritizing and a lot of sacrifice.
2: And this is a follow-up question I have with this question that I hope you both can answer the best to your ability, because it's kind of a surprise question, too. I'm assuming, because I myself have been asked, why do you do so much? What's the point of having a nine-to-five and doing these side platforms, doing this and that? What?" What does it all mean to you? And either one of you can jump on and answer that. Take a few moments to think about it. But I would really love to hear your response with that.
4: I'll go ahead and get started. You know, I learned early on. I, I think that we, especially as first gens, we're told, you know, sort of to follow the lane or, or, or follow the steps, and you think that there's only one lane to life, and you're supposed to do that one thing. But maybe you have other passions or other dreams or other goals. And I think i learned this much later, and I kind of wish I would have learned it early on. But you can be multifaceted. You can be multidimensional. I said this in a quote from a podcast episode that I did, but I love that she said, J-Lo once had an agent. And I know it's kind of silly to use her as an example. Of student, you We're know, not quite J-Lo, but... Uh, she used this really great example. Her agent, you know, JLo was initially a dancer, right? And then she was like, I kind of want to dabble in, in acting. And then I kind of want to dabble in singing. And her agent at the time years ago said, you know, girl, you got to pick a lane. You can't do all three. And she said, why not? Why not? Why do I have to pick a lane? And she said, I don't want to. Watch me. And I mean, and she's even more than that, right? She's an entrepreneur in a lot of things. And I think it just it's it's a matter of and, and I also want to say that it's OK if you don't have that innate hustle. You know, I think we're almost not girls. Like, what do you mean? You know, we praise the girls who have 10 things going on, but we don't praise the girls that just want to have a nine to five. Just a regular job or not a nine to five, you know, whatever. Just want to run a little online store whatever they want to do. Um, I think that I do it because. I feel like I always held myself back, like you're respected for that one thing that you do and you got a degree in that thing, so do that thing. But it's like, well, no, I feel like I'm multidimensional and I'm multifaceted and I have a lot of strength and I have so much value to give and this is how I want to contribute. And this is the legacy I want to leave behind. And before I leave this earth, I want to know like I contributed in a really powerful way to the community that means so much to me. And I think that to me is why... I have more than just my regular nine to five job. And I also want to say that most of us probably have our nine to five. I like my job and you should definitely like your job because it funds all my other things and it funds the life that I have. I'm very realistic and I'm very practical in that way. I wouldn't give that up um so that I could like pursue my dreams but not pay my bills. Um so I I think it's important to have to have that reality, but I think that's why I have both. I, I I honor my multidimensional and multifaceted Latina self. And I hope a lot of you do too, if you feel the same way, but you don't have to do it all. I I don't want to praise that. You can do one thing and that's perfectly fine.
2: Moral of the story, do what you feel is right for you. Now, Viviana, you want to go ahead and I definitely want to hear what you have to say.
3: No, I'm going to go back to it's personal, right? Mine's pretty simple. I just can't sit still. I'm very energetic. So if my mom's watching this, she's going to (laughs) laugh and she's going to agree with me. I'm just very energetic and I like to just be on the go. And I think that's why I have the job that I have at the railroad because it's so unexpected. It is erratic. It keeps me on my toes. It really, really does. You know, I like I mentioned, I'll wake up one day and think, oh, today I'm going to go into the office and all of a sudden I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. So it really just depends, right? But for me, it's, I enjoy it. I really, really enjoy being busy and connecting with people. That's one of my favorite things to do. It's networking and building relationships. So I, I would say that's one of the reasons that I like to stay busy.
2: And I love that. And I just love the fact that you all focus on one, it's personal, and two, we just need to uplift all muhads because, like you had mentioned to Diana, I have the same point of view. And I, I, I know you agree with me, Viana, Viviana, that we want to, when we leave this earth, we want to leave knowing that we did exactly what we wanted to do. And that is uplift Mujeres, which whatever platforms we are doing, because on this panel, we have so many different Mujeres that are working on different projects, such as Viviana's blogging, Diana and Brenda are for sure podcast hosts, Karina's a nutritionist, and Melba is working on a career-driven platform, so we're all very diverse in what we do, but we all share the same objective, Uplifting Mujeres. And now, before we transition to the 6.30, I do have one more question, and I would love to hear from both of you, so I'll definitely keep an eye on the time. So I want to go ahead and start with Viviana, and then we'll go into Diana. Why do you feel so motivated and resonates so much with Helping Mujeres?
3: So now more than ever, we women need to come together. And it's one one of my core beliefs that not one person knows everything. We all have so many strengths, and I think we all need to capitalize on that, right? Just like you mentioned, all of the women that are on this platform, and we all have unique strengths. So I think that's really important that we need to use those strengths to learn and grow together. So I don't have children and I don't plan on having them, but I do have three nieces and they are my life and I love them to death. And I just always want, I always think of them when I'm doing this, that I want them to grow up in a world where they do have more resources than I did growing up. So they are definitely my inspiration.
4: Oh, Viviana, I feel the same exact way. I also don't want children, and I also love my nieces. Um, So I echo the exact sentiment. Um, But for me, it's very much the same. But I think it's because of my journey uh, of feeling lost and misguided and misinformed. You know, I spent years making so many bad choices, and now I'm spending my 30s healing and fixing those bad choices. And I wish I would have had somebody like me sort of walking me through the adult life process, um, showing me such basic fundamental things so that I didn't have to be so lost and, or make really poor choices. So I think it's uh, I really created my platform. Uh, so, No one ever has to feel, especially Latinas, especially first-gen, the way that I did. Um, And I think I can really mitigate that and and close that knowledge gap uh, that is so lacking. And and so I think that is why it's so important to have this platform um, and really introduce, I think, uh, the world to the incredible women who are already doing so many great things So much of my platform is really resharing other incredible women that are already doing things in the spaces that I'm talking about because they're the experts in that field. And and I want especially young Latinas to know that there are amazing role models and amazing women doing these things and they can see themselves in them and, and grow to be just as successful and just as great, if not better.
2: No, of course. And I appreciate your answer so much. And once again, that's why I resonate so much with both of the work that you do on your career, finance, health blogs, and just other platforms that intertwine really well with what you do. And lastly, I just want to remind both of you because you are just such precious gems and I'm so happy I had found you on Instagram. Um, I want to remind you that Yes, you may have had challenges. Yes, you may have had obstacles. But if it wasn't for your story and the way it was paved, you would not be where you are today. And I love and can feel that you guys all resonate your stories because if you didn't, you wouldn't be creating the wonderful magic that you are now. So if you want to share any feedback on maybe you resonate with what I'm saying or not, I'm going to just open up the mic. And if any of you want to say one last thing or respond to what I
4: said, go ahead. No, uh, well, first, I just think thank you so much. I, I think it's, it's spaces like this. It's the culmination of these types of, you know, uh, webinars and panels and the invitation and the honor to, to be amongst other really great women. It's, it's really this, uh, is the reason why we can continue to uplift, can, can continue to encourage, continue to educate, continue to inform, and continue to help. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, you know, allowing me to, to be a part of the space, to sharing this energy and time with everyone here. Um, and, I, and I'm excited to, you know, continue to push through, um, continue to inform, uh, and continue to elevate us. I, I look forward to the day that we don't talk about stats, that we're only 2 or 4% or that our wage gap is so small. You know, I look forward to the day that that no longer is the case. And I hope that I do my part in impacting that.
3: No, I agree with everything Diana said, and thank you so much for having us. And I do think this is so important for the future generation right? Because they're going to have so many more resources than all of us did. And I think that's so important and exciting. So thank you once again for having us.
0: Hola, Bren here. Thank you for listening to A.S. and being part of our journey. We would love for you to help us continue paving our path by following A.S. on Instagram and TikTok as A.S. the podcast and on LinkedIn as A.S. podcast. You can also reach out to us through email at ellas the podcast at gmail.com
2: all right mi gente so we're gonna transition and here we are transitioning to our 6.30 p.m. group. I am so happy and honored to have all of you here. As we're waiting for a few or one more other guest, I want to go ahead and just reintroduce. We have Brenda Melva, and we'll be having Karina very shortly. So, if Brenda, if you would like to start off and sharing a little bit of what it is you do and just more about A is the podcast. And then we can go ahead and transition into Melba and then slowly Karina.
0: Of course. Thank you, first of all. Gracias, Estrella, for inviting me to be part of this amazing panel. And I'm Brenda Hernandez-Caimes. I am the founder and host of the podcast, Ellas. I interview and talk with inspiring Latinas who are literally living their dreams and paving the path for this generation and the generation that is coming. The reason why I started Ellas was because growing up here in the U.S., I never really listened or heard or saw myself represented in traditional media or experienced success stories from Latinas and growing up and studying communication and then really embracing my life mission, which is to amplify the voices of Latinas was that I gathered all my skills and decided to do a yes in order to amplify and share these success stories, these diverse journeys and experiences so we can feel reflected but also discover that inside of our community inside of all these amazing mujeres they're all very different and if they were able to overcome their challenges so can we and i think that's really important now more than ever you know to provide that representation and that voice and that journey so we can feel empowered and motivated to continue on especially during these hard times and for the future
2: you so much, Brenda. So we're going to go ahead and
0: transition into
2: Melva, and then go on forward to Karina afterwards. Awesome. So first
5: of all, thank you, Estrella, so much for the invitation. I am just, I'm so glad to be here. I will say it's a little hard to go after Brenda because Brenda, you are so amazing. I tell you this all the time, but if you are not following Brenda, you need to go follow her. Her podcast is amazing and her work is just, it's it's great. But anyways, so my name is Melba. I am the founder of Mujeres on the Rise, and I am currently a Latina in tech. So I started Mujeres on the Rise because I really wanted to empower Latina women, and Mujeres on the Rise is all about doing that. It's a platform that connects Latina women, and it gives them resources, tools, and support to grow their careers and honestly just build the life they've always wanted and perhaps never thought possible. And this to me is really important because for such a long time, I thought I was not destined for success. And I went from being a high school dropout to eventually getting my master's degree and now. I mean, I am the only Latina in my team at Amazon. And I am, you know, I'm the founder of a company which I never thought would be possible. And even though I have a long way to go and I have all of these big, incredible dreams, um, I am just, I am in awe of what I've accomplished. And I say that because I feel like as women, we sometimes struggle to really take ownership of our achievements and we just kind of hide them in the back burner when in reality, we need to speak to those. And so, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. And that's a, that's a little bit about Mujeres on the Rise. It's a platform to connect women, to show them, to, to show them how to speak and own their value and just give them tools and resources to, to build that life they've dreamed of.
2: All right. Thank you so much, Melva, And now, Karina, if you could share a little bit about everything that you do.
6: Yeah, well, thanks, Estrella, for having us. I mean, like all the other fellow panelists have said, it's really great to come together. And I think one thing, Medva, what stood out to me is sometimes we sort of put things on the side or maybe downplay. Our success, and so I caught myself um, recently saying, "Oh, my side hustle, my side hustle," and then I realized, "Wait a minute, no, I own, uh, I have a business, and so I am a registered dietitian, and I own Karina Nova Nutrition. It's really a private practice where I have clients who." Uh, I want to express the message of you don't need to diet. You don't need to be so stressed about what you're eating. And I really want my clients to find the joy in eating and really understand that nutrition is so complex and really important in our lives. Um, I became a dietitian because of my mom's illness about 15 years ago. Um, she's come a long way, but she was diagnosed with cancer and so blessed that my aunt, who's a doctor in our family, watched over her. And, and so I started to learn a lot about, um, you know, how to care for for people with cancer, just hearing from friends and family. So I feel like seeing how powerful food can be from that perspective and then seeing how dis- maybe this this communicated um diet culture can be it it really was this shift of like oh my gosh no we don't need to hate food we don't need to be labeling labeling good or bad so i really like to help my clients enjoy eating and 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 get back into the kitchen and learn how to make some yummy food that makes them feel good
2: No, definitely, and I appreciate all your responses so much. Now, before we move on to the questions, I just want to make sure that all of us have our mic off, and once we do turn it on, it'll be because we'll be answering some questions, and this definitely does go for myself. So the first one I definitely want to focus on is, why is it important for your content to uplift mujeres? And I want to go ahead and start off with Karina, transition into Melva, and then go on to Brenda.
6: Yeah. Great. Really great question. And I touched on this a little bit, but I think especially nowadays with social media, we really see all of these mixed messages about health, like what fit looks like. I think even that has become in a way eating disorder in disguise. And so I'm really all about body positivity and owning, owning your health and, and also about, Hey, you know, just because you're not following everything perfectly, just because your weight says something, that doesn't reflect your worth or or your health. So for me, I think it's important to remind people about really the root of nutrition. It's all about enjoying your food, feeling confident about what you're putting into your body, and also healing and getting that energy rather than stressing about how many pounds you've lost or stressing about whether you've met your calorie intake or your steps and all of that. So that's that's my motive, and and hopefully I've been inspiring people.
2: And I love your motive. I can definitely say I I love your, just your facts and your story behind it, where I even applied in my own life when I take my lunches to work and whatnot. All right, Menda, I want to go ahead and transition into you next. Thank you so much, Karina.
5: Yeah, so for me, honestly, the answer, it's it's quite simple. So for me, it's, it's important to up- uplift mujeres because representation matters. It's always mattered. And... It's going to continue to matter until things change. And I I share this story a lot on my platform, but when, when when I actually attended graduate school, my first day of graduate school, I got to this breakfast assembly and I put my things down very comfortably. I was about to sit down in a table and I look up and every single person at that table was white. And... I had never felt so small and so insecure in my life. And I remember walking out of that breakfast assembly. I called my husband and I told him the university made some kind of mistake. They shouldn't have admitted me. I don't belong here. I am expecting a retraction email soon telling me to just hand it, hand in my ID and get out of the, the campus grounds. And Again, I felt so small that day that, that I don't want anyone to ever feel like that again. And in order to change the stats and in order to really bring light to the issues of representation, we need to uplift mujeres. We need to encourage them to pursue higher education. We need to encourage them to start businesses. We need to encourage them to be their own boss. We need to ultimately encourage them to follow their dreams, regardless of what their dreams are. It doesn't matter if you want to get a PhD or if you don't want to go to college at all because you want to start your own business. That's fine. But that decision is for mujeres to make. They need to
2: feel empowered to make the decision that is best for them. And I agree a hundred percent, Melba. And I loved your answer to that. Brenda, I can't wait to hear yours. Would you
0: mind sharing? You know, I totally agree with Melba, you know, representation matters, you know, growing up, if you don't hear this uplifting stories and journeys of Latinas around you, then yourself are going to doubt yourself. Like, you know, like Melba, you know, you are accepted in the space that you thought was impossible, but if you are constantly being, you know, if you listen, if you see and if you read success stories of women that are like you or are part of the same community as you, you will enter these spaces with so much confidence and so much empowerment and knowledge that you can really take on the world. So for me, yes, there have been moments where, you know, imposter syndrome has overcome and, but I, you know, go back, you know, to all of my amazing guests and I'm like, you know, they also went through this and they have been able to uplift each other, and they've been able to uplift me through really hard times. So it's really, really important and vital for just uplifting our mujeres. And if they want to pursue any type of path, let's say opening up their business or you know going into acting or singing, like that is what it's going to make them happy. Then that is the path. And because they've been experienced and surrounded by these stories, they know that it's possible. And
2: I appreciate and resonate with your message so much as well. Omis mujeres, this is amazing. And this brings up my next question so perfectly. You are all three so passionate at what you do and obtain a knowledge that not many do because you've just immensed yourself so much into your work to then educate other mujeres to want to continue educating themselves. So I want to ask you how has your field of study at the university level taken part in creating your current platforms you have now? So I definitely want to start off with Brenda transition into Melva
0: and then end off with Karina with this question. Yeah. So I started studying communication and from the very first semester, I was approached with the opportunity to start, to be part of the radio station of my school. So I took the opportunity and had my first radio show. Um, I was living in Mexico and it really helped me develop not be afraid of the microphone and really own my voice and be confident in what I had to share. From there on, I went and focused more on journalism and interviewing and just being prepared and be ready, like on the job, like at that same minute and being surrounded by interviewing from politicians to artists and really discover that I was good at it, that I was great at it, and that I enjoyed myself. And I also loved hearing these stories and what they had to share. Helped me along the way, throughout the years, really embrace that my life mission was to amplify Latina voices. So through university and having my radio show, through interviewing on internships, and really knowing the knowledge of later in my career and going into like marketing I really embraced all those tools and skills and have applied it with a yes. You know, I have a really, a great sense of putting my guests always first and respecting their times and really informing them of, you know, what is behind a yes, our mission, our values, what we're trying to communicate in each and every episode. So, I think with every class and every show that I had over the years has really prepared me for this moment. Thank you so much Brenda and I really resonated with that too
2: especially because I know the experiences that can be gained at a university campus. It it seems like it would be something so small but yet let alone, it will continue to grow and grow, and, and you have definitely shown that with your platform. All right, Menva, I would love to hear from you.
5: Yeah, so that's, that's a really good question. So for me, I did my bachelor's degree, like Brenda, in communications, and I went into that because I initially thought I wanted to be a journalist. Lo and behold, that was not the place for me because as the moment they told me that I was going to have to report on, like, this, the university I don't know, football team, soccer team, whatever it was, I was like, oh, like, no, this is not for me because I don't, I don't do sports. But then eventually I went on to get my master's degree in marketing. And what I want to call out though, before I answer your question is that you don't have to have it all figured out. Um, For me, I went back and forth a lot of times when I was trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do. I, at one point, wanted to be a lawyer, and then I wanted to be a journalist, and then I wanted to be, you know, an array of other things. And this goes back to what Diana was talking about earlier, that It's okay to be multifaceted, but it's really important that, you know, in doing all of these things, we figure out what really speaks to our heart. So for me, after doing communications, I took a PR and marketing class and I absolutely loved it. And I think I always loved marketing, but I just didn't know there was a term for it. And once I discovered this term and I, you know, opened myself to this opportunity, I decided to get my master's degree in marketing. And of course, both of these hand-in-hand, hand have helped me a lot with my platform because communication skills matter. And it doesn't really matter if you're trying to build a platform or if you're an engineer. Communication skills matter it's for everyone. And that's something that I tell a lot um, to the people that I work with as as clients is you need to develop good communication skills because they will get you far. And I don't care if you're in a science industry, if you are a web developer, good communication skills will take you a long way. So, of course, with me having a platform, they definitely help me. They also help me with my career coaching clients being able to really get to the root cause of their issues. And then my marketing background obviously comes in handy a lot when it comes to creating graphics, marketing myself. And once again, I'll I'll iterate this, every single one of us are marketers as well, because from the moment you get up and how you decide to present yourself at school or at work, you are marketing yourself and people are making assumptions based on how you decide to market yourself and how you show up. So yeah, I definitely feel like I ended up figuring it out along the way and it ended up working out for me beautifully, but don't feel pressured to have to have all the answers right up front. Things just have a way of working themselves out, but you will not know that and you will not figure it out unless you go out there and you try different things.
2: And I agree with you so much, Melba, and going back to the part where you said that it's okay not to all know what it is at once, and I can say that because I myself, I love higher education. My podcast focused on uplifting our Latinx first-generation students to make it through education. However, me myself, I spent six years in undergrad, dropped out of a program, and then reapplied to a program months later, and well... I'm the happiest I've ever been. And it's all about loving the journey and going from there. Now, Karina, I definitely want to hear from you. I just felt because we resonate all of us with this message in regards to studying and not. It's okay not to have it all figured out. That's why I wanted to put in my two cents as well.
6: (laughs) All right, Karina,
2: I'll give it off to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think
6: it's great to hear everyone's journey and and where you all came from. For for me, maybe I was lucky, but I, I knew right away I wanted to be a dietitian. And so my studies for sure were, are very much needed in the role that I am at now. But I think, um, so I majored in nutrition and I also minored in Spanish. I felt like especially the, the statistics, I think. I want to say even the 2020 statistics for um, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, there's low representation of Latinas. I mean, only 3 or 4%. And so when you think about all of the health disparities, you know, all the patients that you, that you see in the hospital who are sick, have diabetes, high blood pressure, the, that's our community. And so for me, I realized... You know, even though I grew up speaking Spanish, I know the culture. I had the, the great opportunity to visit my family frequently. So I knew know the culture so well. I figured, oh, I need to really hone in on this. And our university, I went to Cal Poly Pomona here in Southern California, and they had an excellent program for Spanish-speaking dietitians or students, so I learned, I took extra courses to learn about nutrition in Spanish, so it was incredible. I mean, um, my family's from Mexico, so I know everything Mexican, but it really, in a sense, I was in my own little bubble because I never really knew any Salvadorians or Peruvians. And so I think that really packed me in working with the, the Latino population. Um, and so where I'm at now with owning my own business, I think this is kind of a new maybe niche for dietitians. I, I mean, I know their dietitians have been private practice for so long, but promoting yourself on social media is definitely something new. So I definitely don't think I maybe learned enough in school, but I think, you know, I mean, when I started college in 2009, that's when Facebook came out. So a lot has changed. Um, so I was really motivated to get a master's. And so I I felt this st- stuck between master's of science or do I go with public health because that's what's popular in, in our nutrition field. And I felt like neither really resonated with me. I always loved being involved, loved um, being a leader and, and just joining different clubs and things like that. And then when I found out that there was a university of, um, or Utah State University that offered a master's in dietetic administration, I thought, this is it. This is for me. So it's really for people who want to own their own private business, go into private practice, who want to be a manager, supervisor. So there's where I really got to hone in on some of those skills. But I'm still learning about the social media and the whole platform. Um, today I was listening to one of your episodes, and I remember you said something about like your, your intern, a.k.a. your sister. And I laughed out loud because I was like, oh my god, my sister! <laughs> yeah, she's, she's uh, so involved in my brother as well and I have a good friend who who joined my team but um, it really is so great to to get that support because I mean I think I'm I'm learning all this about social media so so that's that's how my studies have, have helped
2: and I love the fact that you highlighted that you do reach out for help when needed when creating your content I mean I have shared with all of you that when I was creating the website for Cafecito con Estreita, I was going back and forth with both yours and Melba's website, where now it's saved as like one of my most searched websites. Oh my yes. <laughs> that means a lot. <laughs> no, definitely. All right, so the next question I definitely want to transition into is just the topic of burnout because we're all doing so much. Not only do we have our nine-to-fives and our businesses that we're just trying to continue to grow, but we also have our priorities with our family, friends, self-care obligations. So I definitely want to start out with you, Melba, and then transition into Karina and Brenda. What do you have to say about burnout? What kind of tips, advice, anything you can give? So I, I guess I'll
5: start by saying that, you know, burnout should not be underestimated. It can really get the best of you. And Honestly, I don't have it all figured out. I still suffer from burnout occasionally. And honestly, I think it's because I'm really hard on myself. I'm really hard on myself. And I have all of these dreams, all of these goals and things that I want to accomplish. And sometimes it's really easy to put additional pressure on myself to get these things done immediately. And in times like these, I really just have to take a step back and remind myself that most things take time. You know, I'm not going to achieve the growth that I want with Mujeres on the Rise from one day to another. And I'm not going to, you know, get a promotion from one day to another. Like, this is obviously just an example, but anything that you're working on, it's going to take time and that's okay. So I think for me, the biggest thing that I'm working on currently is letting go of guilt. And this is something that specifically became Became prominent, I guess you could say, during working from home because, in times when I was working, I felt like maybe I should be working on my business instead. Or, in times when I was working on my business, I'm like, oh, I should be working on my nine to five. Or, I don't know, even just something as simple as sitting down to watch Netflix, I would feel guilt. I would feel guilt because I was like, there's these. 10, 20 items on my to-do list and instead of watching, you know, another episode of, of Cake Boss, maybe I should go and get some work done. But I mean, again, it's a work in progress and I think it really does start with letting go of guilt and treating yourself as you would your best friend. So if you saw your best friend doing and trying to juggle 20 things at a time and really just losing hair, losing sleep and just losing her sanity, what would you tell her? And I'm sure you would talk to your best friend seeing that things are working and things are moving at the pace that they need to be. And we really just
2: need to use that same tone with ourselves. And I agree 100% Melba. And just all the work you've done with describing what burnout is, how it feels. I myself, not only as an educator, because I work for a local school district, but also as just a student, whether you're at the undergrad level, or at the graduate level, it's like just always feeling that guilt as mujeres, we should always just be doing more, but we have to put ourselves first in order to minimize and just lessen the chance of us gaining those burnout feelings. All right, Karina, I definitely want to hear from you. What are your thoughts about burnout? Yeah, this
6: is tough or or interesting, I guess, to bring up because I think, especially with building my brand or promoting myself on Instagram. Um, prior to that, I, I wasn't really so on Instagram or social media. I never really posted too much unless I was, you know, out on a trip or uh, out with friends or whatever personal things I wanted to share. So I think for me, it started to creep up in the sense of almost like, not being addicted to my phone, but very much, like, looking at my phone, like, constantly um, after posting content, and, oh, my God, is this good enough? I'm not getting enough likes, and, and, and still, I mean, to this day, I'm always, like, telling my husband, like, go like my picture so that it doesn't get lost in the feed, so I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out social media, but um, I think after watching The Social Dilemma, I think that's the documentary on Netflix, Um I thought like, Oh my gosh, it has to be this balance between like social media can be a good thing. And, but, don't let it affect your personal life too much. So what, what I did after that movie was I turned off my notifications for Instagram and Facebook. I just felt personally like that's what was stressing me out or causing some of this like, um, tension. So, so now, and it's silly because I actually forget about it. And, and it's not until, um, I check my phone, which is still pretty frequently. And I go into the app. I'm like, Oh, I have all these likes, I have all these comments or messages or whatever. So I think that's brought a lot of peace and tranquility. Um, And I think another thing, too, with burnout, you know, figuring out these strategies and things are going to evolve. And so you're going to have to try some new things along the way. Um, I've always been a busy being. I I, say with Melva, it's like, oh, my gosh, I I don't Like, why am I sitting down? I should be doing something. So I think um, it's sometimes our body physically is telling us you need to slow down. And for me, that's been a really big lesson. Um, I'm about three months pregnant, so the last couple months were really tough because, I mean, you just can't fight it. The exhaustion, I was so tired, um, feeling really nauseous. And And so for me, not being able to cook and not eating as great as I could be was so hard because you know, I'm the dietitian, I'm supposed to um, do everything so perfectly. So, I think that was really my body saying, like my baby saying, Hey, slow down, you know, you need to rest. So, I think a lot of times we need to pick up on those signals, and that can vary from person to person.
2: No, definitely, and I agree, and I appreciate. The detailed response you gave to that were even in the sense that after you post something, you feel like, is it getting enough likes? Because I myself have been there and it's sometimes it's a really tough feeling and you you try to shake it off, but it could be a little it could be a little tough. But I know with time and it's happened to so many and I could see it's happening with you, too. You just learn to like it's okay if it does or if it doesn't. Because at the end of the day, it's something that I worked on and I am proud to upload. So whatever love it gets, I'm just happy it gets love, you know? And lastly, I definitely want to hear from you, Brenda, about burnout, your thoughts and whatnot.
0: Yeah, so I am currently experiencing burnout. No, I've, I've experienced burnout, throughout, obviously, throughout my life. But I think it wasn't, obviously, the lockdown happened and... I just went into a mindset of like, okay, let's go, let's do this, let's work. And I never really gave myself a break. And it wasn't until like the beginning of September that I just was in shambles. I didn't feel I could go on and just do simple tasks. So for me, the way I have provided self-love and build myself up again, is through therapy. And through therapy, I've learned that it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to not experience guilt and feel that guilt of taking 15 to 20 minutes or even a week of me not editing an episode and just enjoying watching Pride and Prejudice and hugging my pillow. That for me, and I've been doing that for the past month now. There's moments where I love doing what I do for a but there's moments where I'm like, I can't even edit an episode because I'm just so tired and just so burned out. So I highly encourage if you're experiencing the same things to not feel guilt, to watch, do things that bring you so much joy and focus. And if, if that's a day, 20 minutes, a week, two months take that break we we're living in stressful times and it's okay to take that break and once you go through the, that break you're gonna have the just uh, like the joy and just you're gonna miss doing what you did before I, i'm currently you know climbing through that hole that i maybe so i dug myself in but i'm every time I have a conversation with my guests, I remind myself, like, oh, yes, like, this is why I'm doing it. This is why I shouldn't burn myself out. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm sharing these conversations. And if I'm not at my best, you know, my listeners are going to, you know, listen in that in my voice. And I also want to motivate and inspire my listeners to, you know, not stretch themselves and that just because also like I'm doing this doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, stretch myself out and or anything. So I highly, yes, encourage you to take a break, to do things that bring you joy and go back out there when you're ready.
2: And I love the fact that you explained it so perfectly that if you need that break, definitely take it. Because as I shared earlier, I've experienced burnout and I didn't understand what it was. I really didn't until I came across Mujeres on the Rise and I started to see her weekly series with it. And then once I took a little break, because with my podcast, I do seasons per season. So season one, season two. So after season one, I was just done. But I took that month break, just like you said. And then when you take those types of breaks, you just feel more empowered to keep doing what you love it doesn't mean you love it any less just because you take a break and then going back to just the knowledge you know karina when i came back from my burnout break i started to think back okay what do i need to do better for me to continue not just going as a student, but to continue going as a podcast host or whatever other projects I may be working on, and even just as an educator. And I started to think, if I want to just be better for me, I need to also implement food that makes me happy and is good for me. And that's what I do. Or even I have not bought lunch at work in so long because I, I, I want to feel good about the food I eat, just like how you share a lot. And, well, I do when I bring it from home. And this is why I appreciate mujeres such as you three, as well as Viviana and Diana, because you all share a mission and a passion to uplift mujeres with the expertise that you know. And you are definitely making a difference. And I hope me, as well as all the viewers and listeners that are present right now, are just like, I want you to know that we appreciate the time and work you put into everything. And lastly, before we even end this part of the panel, I want to ask a question. The last one, our platforms, they can definitely be very foreign to our families in the sense where social media is different. And just like have you brought up Karina, it continues to just elevate and change. So, and I just want to hear from each of you. It doesn't have to be such a deep answer because we're all still learning with social media and whatnot. In your opinion, With our platforms that can be so foreign to our gente, our cultura, how do you think we can elevate our cultura to want to grow with us and our foreign platforms to them? And I definitely want to start off with you, Brenda, go off to Melba and end with Karina.
0: Yes. So I think for our parents, let's let's say um, for our parents, it's foreign that we are doing a podcast or we're doing a blog or, you know, opening our business and marketing it through social media what I recommend is to share it with them, invite them, show, show them what you're doing so they can really understand the things that, you know, why you're all the time on the phone. Um, for me personally, when I started doing my podcast before COVID, I would go and visit my guest houses or offices and I would take my mom and she would help me take videos, take photos And she would, you know, talk with my guests while I was setting up the microphone and everything. And just having that experience of obviously her seeing what I was doing and then later on publishing it and hearing and listening to all the comments. That really made her understand the work and, and, you know, the platforms that I was in and why I was on my phone most of the time. But yes, just... I highly encourage you to invite them and, and show them and and see what other people are saying about your projects. Because if you're just saying, Oh yes, I, I'm doing this blog, but they don't see the result of the work that you do, they might not understand it, but when they do, it's much more easier. And at the end of the day, our parents, you know, our families are very proud of us. So, you know, that's just gonna give them more fuel for them to you know, talk about you with their friends and their families and say, look, what are look, mira lo que está haciendo mi hija. ¿no? Tiene su podcast y está entrevistando a gente súper exitosa. O sea, that at the end of the day, like that's going to even create a more deeper connection with your family and friends and loved ones. And you beautifully put that together.
2: I love it. Melva, take it away.
5: Yeah, so I'm going to echo a lot of what Brenda said. I think it's all about, you know, educating our our parents specifically about what we're doing because, you know, they grew up in different times and it's completely normal for them not to know and not to completely understand what we're doing. But for me, in my case, so I, I did talk to my mom about what I was doing with Mujeres on the Rise. And I mean, she, I think she forgot within a week and then I would keep bringing it up until she got tired of me hearing about it. And then I told her, you know what, let's create an Instagram account for you. And it's it's really funny because, well, my mom lives in Texas and I live in, in Washington. So I had my niece, my 15-year-old niece, create an Instagram account for her. And I'm the only one that my mom follows. But I think it's so cute because she'll go on there and she'll see what I'm doing. And she's like, oh, hoy vi que pusiste una foto de una mujer que se llamaba Brenda or whatever. She'll just, you know, look at random pictures and I'm like, okay, mom, that, that picture was, you know, like four months ago, but... She'll see it because I'm the only person that she follows, so she'll see it in her feed. But again, it's all about just that education component, and for me, I think it is important that if you're doing something, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's a platform or something in your career, that you do share that with your with your family, with your parents, because you want them to know that everything that they did for you to be here now has been worth it. You want them to know that their sacrifices were worth it because they paved the way for us just like we're paving the way for future generations.
2: And I love that answer, Melba. You went in so detail. Karina, I'm really looking forward to hear what you have to say with this question.
6: Yeah, I could could very much agree. I mean, I think that we, our families, parents, grandparents didn't grow up with this generation. And so uh, for My parents, they they are on social media, well, only Facebook, but same thing, right? It's it's showing them how to make a post, uh, add a comment or whatever that might be. And I think I've really taken that approach maybe because of the teacher in me. With nutrition, you're always teaching people, right? And so I always feel like my mom will say, oh, I don't know how to do that. And I'll be like, okay, mom, I'm going to have you do it. And she's always so nervous about messing up. And so I'm like, no, if you mess up, like, you know, we'll just start over again. So, so I think really taking that time to one on one show them how to look at your posts, share your posts. I mean, they're your biggest supporters. And, and if maybe they're not on social media, I think there will still be a way that they'll share about you. For example, my grandma, um, for the longest time, like, she did not, She's not tech savvy at all, right? She's, I think she's 84 years old. But anyway, she um, one time said to our family, yo quiero uno de esos teléfonos con la manzanita. And so we just started cracking up, like, how does she know about iPhones, you know? I mean, she's very vigilant, right? And so now she finally has a smartphone. But um before that, I mean, uh, like, Are my cousins or or aunts and uncles on social media, or, you know, they would hear about what I'm doing or my website went live. They showed it to her. And so I think that's whether they're not on social media or they are, they're, they're going to be your biggest supporters. And so if you could just take that little step to like show, Hey, this is how you can support me. um, I think that really, again, speaks, speaks to how they've paved the road for you.
2: No, of course. And once again, I appreciate all your responses with that. All right, mijente. So we're coming to an end for this panel as we're getting closer to 710. Once again, I want to thank all of these five wonderful mujeres. You can go ahead and follow them all on Instagram. We have A is the podcast, Mujeres on the Rise, Nutrition. The Heffalife, Life, and then we have Misinformed Latina. So definitely go check it out, because I promise all their content is not only empowering, but it is also very informative, and I promise you, you will enjoy all the work that they have to do. All right, mi gente, my wonderful mujeres, if you have anything else left to say before we move on to our bonus section, feel free to
0: unmute your mic, and we will be happy to hear from you. I just want to say gracias, Estrella, and... For anyone who wants to start a project, a business, anything a path right now, I say do it, but also take care of yourself. Take that break and really have take the time to work on before starting. So once you start, you are ready to go. And remember that we all five have done this. You know, we are currently working on it and so can you. So I wish you the best of luck.
5: Awesome. So yes, yeah, same thing. Thank you so much Estrella, for being here. And thank you to everyone that actually joined the conversation and participated in the comments. For some reason, I could not respond. But if you left me a comment, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My final remarks are that it does not matter where you start. All that matters is that you do. So don't feel intimidated. Don't feel like you have to live up to these unrealistic expectations that people have on women. Just go at your own pace and follow your dreams.
6: Uh, thank you, Estrella, for this opportunity. It's been really great sur- being surrounded by other Latinas. And I think whether you feel like you're alone in your field, um, for me, you know, the, the minority in my career, I think there are other Latina business owners, leaders that you can still resonate with. I mean, um, one thing that I learned from my dad is we all have a story to share. We all have something to tell and learn from. And so if we can pass on these stories, it it really speaks volumes. And so I think um, being involved with a community like this, it's, it's really incredible how social media has provided this platform for us.
2: And I appreciate all five of you mujeres so much. Now we're going to go ahead and slowly transition into the bonus round with me and Dominica. And I look forward to seeing you all on the other side. Thank you, ladies. All right, Estrellita, you ready? Yes, I definitely am. Would you like to start us off? All right, let me get here situated. No worries. If anything, I could go ahead and start us off and then we'll go on from there. But once again, I thank you so much, Dominica, and just your platform with Chicana Inc. for not only helping put this platform together virtually, but just your support and just your strong beliefs in wanting to empower mujeres to be the best leaders and just the best mujeres that they can be for themselves. So the first question I definitely have for you. How do you juggle? a nine-to-five, while maintaining your platform. I'm going to go ahead and put myself on mute, but I can't wait to hear.
1: Definitely. Esrita, first of all, thank you for the compliment, and I'm just excited to run alongside you and really help you um, You know, be motivated, go after your career goals, and open any opportunity that's in my power to give you and the ladies who joined us today so, oh, you asked the million-dollar question that I often get asked, and it really has to be with um, passion and wanting to serve others. I really am a big fan of putting um, that motivation in front of me that, you know, I, in, if it's in business, I'm never going to see dollar signs. I'm going to see the lives that I changed and the lives that I'm helping. And so when I really am having a tough day where I'm like, oh, goodness, how can I balance all this? I really remember that, and that really is what keeps me motivated in doing this. Today is a great example to be able to just bring to the table a program like this and let you lead, Estreita. That was such a high for me. Like, that is why we're here to help each other. And so I really have to say that when you have your mission statement clear, when you know that you want to help others, and that you know what your gifts and talents are, and you just want to give those away and bring all that to the table, that balancing that other side of you or that other hat is really going to be minimal to what this gives you back. So um, definitely that's my motivation.
2: And I really appreciate your response, especially because not only did you go in so detailed, but you were able to just give the real examples of what you've experienced with your heart, your feelings in helping other muhedes, just strive to be the best. Now, the next question I definitely want to ask, and it's more of a funny one: What is something no one knows about you?
1: <laughs> well, let's see. That's a really good question, and it probably has to do with um, the amount of things that the amount of things that I have done, um, where I don't post it, and the amount of recognition that I've gotten. Gone in for this type of work that I've done. And I really don't put it out there. And so um, it's funny, because I was talking with a friend, um, like about a week ago, and she was like, Dominica, you're just like this hidden, uh, you know, superhero character, like you really don't say who you are and, and what you've been through and all these, like, if you come to my house, I actually have a wall with like, full of certificates and plaques and recognition, and, um, you know, and I only did that because I saw a friend, I went to her house, and I thought, oh, this would be a good way to display, you know, all my accolades, but um, on the flip side of that, it's really taken me a long time to um, talk about those things, because I think as Latinas, we tend to think, Oh, no, I'm not going to be, you know, humble or somebody's, you know, is going to get intimidated by me. We do this head game. But as I went along on my journey, I realized, like, no, like, that's what I have to bring to the table. I earned it and really proud that I have all these accomplishments. But um, I think that would be the one thing is how many multiple hats I wear and exactly all these other things that I do in the community.
2: No, definitely. And once again, that response right on point. Now, lastly, I do want to ask this. What chore did you like the least growing up?
1: Okay, that is a good one. So my dad grew chilies in the backyard for the longest time and um, I don't even remember what what kind they are, but I think that might be a little bit of why I have trauma. Anybody that knows me, I do not eat anything hot, and so I always get made fun of, uh, fun of because they're like, "Dominica, what? You're not Latina. You don't like anything spicy." And I joke that it's because of all those years growing up, he would make me go to the backyard, and I'd have to go water his chilies, and I'd be so annoyed because they weren't my chilies; they were his chilies. And so that is the one chore that I absolutely did not like.
2: Oh, my goodness. I don't think I ever grew up watering chilies, but I definitely did grow up watering a a good amount of plants. My parents love plants, so I can resonate with that with you. All right, Dominica, so whenever you're ready, you can start and shoot away. Or if you happen to have seen an interesting comment, you can point it out, too, from the comment section on the YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, Soita, I have to um, ask you the same question you asked me. I really would love to know your answer. So um, about your chore. If there wasn't one that you didn't like, was there one that you liked?
2: For some reason, the chore that I really enjoyed growing up, (laughs) this is very silly, but it's so true. I actually enjoyed cleaning my restroom. (laughs) And the reason why I did is because, when I would be cleaning it, I would have my music up. So it would be echoing even more loud into the restroom. And no one would come in and bother me because nobody wanted to help me clean the restroom because who wants to? And then I could take like, if my mom was trying to look for me to go on and do another chore, I would just say, oh, I'm still cleaning the restroom. And it would be a believable chore that could take a long time because some people just don't like the bathroom, so they take longer cleaning it. Some can go right. back there. A lot of the times I would finish cleaning it in like about 20 minutes, but then I would spend an extra 30 minutes just like hearing music and just telling my mom, I'm not done cleaning it yet.
1: I would have never known that, but thank you for sharing. You kind of flashbacked me. I used to work at a movie theater, and I know that if you're watching on my page, you know exactly who you are. Um, that would be one of the things that we would have to do is like one of my first jobs and we'd have to do the bathrooms along with cleaning the movie theaters. Like, so I completely can resonate with that thought because I've probably done it all in my educational journey. Um, but but I want to know, um, I want to ask you, cause I know you're in graduate school and this is something that I've dealt with as well. And it's taken me a long time to really tackle it. But people will talk about imposter syndrome um, in academia and leadership roles. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome with your content creator roles?
2: All right. So with the thing about imposter syndrome, I will go ahead and touch about it a bit in regards to academia, but then I will also move on to talking about it as a content creator that I'm currently striving to be as well. Now, in, the, in regards to the field of academia, I can honestly say that once I finished community college and I transferred on to UC Santa Barbara, it took me over a year to feel confident in myself and what it is that I'm doing. And it wasn't only because of the fact that it was a predominantly Caucasian school, but it was also the fact that I just was not doing as great in the major I had transferred with. Now, here's the thing, Mihenta. A lot of the times when you transfer to a community college, to a four-year university, specifically a UC, they tend to have certain prereqs for the major you go into. Now, a lot of these prereqs, they're not the same for every UC campus. So you really have to do your research. I myself had not gained the math skills I had wanted to at the point. So I was still missing quite a few math requirements I needed to get out of the way to continue on with the psychology major I did transfer with. Unfortunately, it did not work out, but I can proudly and honestly say that I did try. I went to tutoring. I went to different resource centers, the transfer center, office hours, anything that you can think of, I did to try and just continue on with the psychology major. So it didn't work out. However, I would have not changed it any other way because then I was able to find myself in the major global studies as well as Spanish literature. So I actually ended up graduating with two degrees and completing my senior honors thesis, graduating with honors after I started my first two quarters on academic probation just Because I couldn't make it into the psychology major. So even though I did find my way and I found passions in academia at UCSB, I still felt the imposter syndrome come into me where it was like, there is no way I was able to change from a major that quickly and still graduate with honors after not having the greatest GPA at all. So I definitely experienced imposter syndrome throughout my entire senior year as well in the sense that every time I turned in an assignment, every time I did something, I would just feel very tense. And I I wouldn't believe the A's I would get in my exams. I wouldn't believe the high grades I would get on anything. I really didn't. And whenever I would get something... I would put more recognition on my amazing study group that I had because I still keep in contact with them till this day. And they did help me a lot in the sense where we kept each other accountable to complete assignments on time while minimizing procrastination as best we could. But I definitely did find myself putting more light on them than myself where it should have equally been put on to. Now, once I completed Santa Barbara... of few weeks after, I started working my nine-to-five while attending graduate school part-time at night. Mi gente the first time I set foot on my campus, I automatically was like, I do not belong here. This school made a mistake. And I remember sitting outside of my night course, just waiting. And the entire time I was waiting, I was legit having like what I would categorize as a panic attack based on like what research studies define panic attacks to be. And I would just feel myself tense. And I actually started to cry before my first night class ever in my master's program. Now, my previous master's program I was in, I, I honestly really enjoyed it. There was nothing that made me feel excluded. But when I did end up leaving that program, it wasn't because the idea the program wasn't great it was and it actually benefited many other students but however i just one of the reasons that played a factor in me leaving that program was the sense that i just felt like i needed my break in the sense where it's just i i had done undergrad for six years a few weeks after it sounds so ideal to gain a nine to five right after graduation, as well as an acceptance into a grad program. It's really ideal. However, I felt all that pressure and it was just one of the very few reasons that led me to just take that leave of absence to then eventually leave that program. Months and months later, I am now in my graduate program at Stanislaus State University. And after taking the time to recharge, to truly reflect and just really give myself the self care and love I truly deserved. And reminding myself that it's amazing that you always reassure everybody else how awesome they are. It's amazing that you do that. It's amazing that you put yourself out there, but you need to do that for you too. And that's what I found myself doing during that time I took off granted with other things I, I had to just figure out on my own. And I've If someone is telling you that you going to grad school right after your graduation or you not getting a nine to five right after you graduate, there is nothing wrong with you. You are doing exactly what you are meant to do. And as long as you know that you are being good to you, you're going to succeed and be happy with whatever it is you're trying to strive for. Now, Dominica, moving on to the content creator question. And I actually shared this with you and the other ladies when we had our informal meeting and With this podcast, Cafecito con Estrellita, the mission is that it is a Latinx podcast that guides first-generation scholars through the path of education. And I have it that way so that I'm able to touch topics that happen in community college as well as at the UC Cal State level during undergrad as well as the graduate level. However, even though I believe in my project so much, even though I take the time where I even have a business coach, by the way, shout out to you, Reyna, if you are tuning in, um, I did not think it would have as much importance to other audience members as I thought it would. And I don't want to say it's because I didn't believe in the project. But I definitely want to say it was happening a lot faster than expected, where I openly told my seis mujeres that participated with me in this panel, including you, Dominica, the sixth one. um, I felt that every time before I was about to upload something, I would be hesitant and wonder, is this good enough? Is this good enough? for the students that are following and support this mission? Is this good enough for the individuals that just want to feel that reassurance that what they're doing is okay or what they are learning from this platform is valid to them? And it's still a work in progress. I still find myself just getting a little, you know, nervous, but I remind myself, Estrella, what you're doing is important and just keep doing what you're doing. And Dominica, I really hope I answered your question. I know that was a very long response, but let me know what you think.
1: Estrellita, no, that was perfect, and there's so many things that you said that I could resonate with because being a first-generation college graduate, um, I also went to graduate school, and so I can relate to a lot of those feelings in academia and then also as a content creator because uh, especially, we, and we offline, we've talked about it, about, you know, not everybody understands what you're doing, especially, you know, when you have family that don't Um, understand the content creation world right now and kind of putting your brand out there and your story. And so it takes a lot of inner work to get to a place where you utterly believe in yourself. And so that's really the foundation of where it starts is when you have that belief and know that you're serving others, that you have to show up for them because you'll often find me hearing or saying, um, you probably hold the key to unlock someone else's prison by doing what you're doing. And so when I heard that, that really shifted in my mindset of the money I'm not going to play small. You know, I am going to put myself out there. It's not going to be perfect. And if people don't understand what I'm doing, I know that I'm doing this authentically and I'm trying to change lives here. You know, if I hold a puzzle piece to your success, I'm going to give it to you. Like, that doesn't even hinder mine at all. Like, on the contrary, I'm going to be ecstatic that I helped you, you know, give you that puzzle piece to do something that's going to make your dreams come true or your goals, right? And so I really believe in changing the narrative that, you know, stronger we're together and that as long as we're out there being true and have that authentic, you know, mission that it's good in our heart, then that's all that matters, And if that door didn't open, then it wasn't meant for you. And of course, like, it took a lot of work to really understand that because, you know, it it didn't feel good. And it was like, why? Why did that happen to me? And I can tell you tons of stories. I'm infamous for having a signature story that really was the game changer in my life. And so for those of you that have been following me for a long time, um, About last year, I got to say it, um, with our, with the recognition that I got for Latina of influence in Los Angeles, I told the dirty diaper story and, um, I won't say it here. I'll leave that for a cliffhanger for all of you to tune in next time that we do this, but there's really moments in your life that really rock you to your core. And you're just like, why? I want to give up. Like, why am I doing this? Nobody's helping me. Or you just play this inner head game, but, um, the moment you start shifting that and and staying true to your mission, it's just what keeps you on course. And so Estrellita, oh my goodness, we can go so much deeper, but I just have had a phenomenal time. I'm so grateful for you to um, wanting to do this with me. And I'm so grateful for the ladies who um, have joined us in the panel. Like, What an awesome, phenomenal panel. But as we wrap up, Is there anything that you feel like we didn't cover you want to share with everyone?
2: Thank you so much, Dominica. I appreciate your entire response, honestly. And honestly, mija, échale ganas, keep doing what you're doing, and you'll be rewarded for it. And Dominica, I just wanted to know, and our listeners to know, will we be able to watch
1: this recap later? Yes, definitely. You can find it on the Chicana Inc. YouTube channel or on the Chicana Inc. Facebook page. And um, after we were done, we're going to go back and put everybody's handle so you can follow all of our panelists. They are phenomenal women um, and definitely connect with everyone who you saw here.
2: Of course. And I love that. And lastly, all I ask is that whenever you can, especially if you are a first generation student, go ahead and subscribe to Cafecito con Estrellita on any platform that you use to listen to your podcast, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And please, I would strongly appreciate it if you do find my work important, if you do resonate with everything that I'm saying and I am building upon I would appreciate it if you could please not only rate the podcast, but write a review. Mm -hmm. Because mi gente, in order for other individuals to find this podcast, especially first generation students, this podcast needs to continue to grow in the sense that reviews are being written. Because the way that podcast platforms work is that the more reviews the podcast gets, the higher it goes up. And having those chances to be in someone's recommended list. And that is something I would love for Cafecito con Estreita to get to one day. I don't know if it is right now, but I hope it is. Because my mission, I could tell you, it's very pure. And I just want to continue enlightening our first-gen gente.
1: Well said. And with that, we will exit. Be sure to connect with us and any social media platform you prefer Bye
0: for now. All right. That was the Mujeres Cultura y Pasión panel that I had the honor of being part of. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode. Really, it was so exciting and completely life-changing for me to be invited to this wonderful panel alongside These mujeres that I also admire, I hope you enjoyed it. And I just want to remind you that, again, if you have a goal in mind, if you want to accomplish something, but you feel like 2020 literally just pulled you out of your path, remember, we still have the time to do and accomplish that goal. You might feel burnt out, you might feel discouraged, but I am here rooting for you. Because I want you to thrive, to grow, and pave your own path. And to really live the life you've always dreamed of. And I want to say again, thank you to Domenica and Estrellita for thinking and inviting me. And also to all my fellow panelists. Every single answer that they gave in this panel was amazing. And I really resonated with every single one. From Diana, from you know, sharing how you know, one has to be realistic, you know, you don't have to give up on your full time job, the job that is paying your bills in order to, you know, do a project or start a business. You know, one has to be realistic and smart and in order to do that, you know, we have to be very strategic in our decisions and I really resonated with that as well from Melba, you know, sharing with us and opening up about you know feeling that her graduate school had made a mistake on her being the only latina and then but seeing how she has grown and thrived and achieved in her own path is just amazing you know like if you feel like you're the only one please keep on working keep on shining because there's going to be more latinas like you that are going to come in, and then it's up to you to help them grow as well. And that is what Melba is doing now. Domenica, who also confessed about accepting that a specific door was not meant for her, ah, that touched me, Um, you know, with my own path of accepting that what I wanted originally in the beginning of my early 20s is not really my life mission, and that yes is my life mission. And once you accept that, the opportunities that life will bring you, are much more sweeter and much more fulfilling. And like Estrellita said, I hope that if you resonated with, if you have been resonating with Agas and all our conversations that we've been bringing you, as well as this bonus episode, I highly encourage you to not only rate yes but leave a review because seriously, that is how Agas can connect with other Latinas to help them feel inspired and motivated during this path and this life that we're currently living. It helps us grow. And that is one simple and free way to support us. I want to thank you again for always listening to these inspiring conversations. I hope you feel impacted throughout this panel. And I can't wait to do more. You know, if you are planning to do a panel, hit me up. Let me know because I am ready and I would love to collaborate with you. So thank you again. You'll be listening to a new and inspiring conversation next week. Adios.